Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The following program is an MLWradio.com production. You know, it's just about that time of year when you start to get those credit card bills from Christmas time and you start to wonder, how in the world am I going to pay all of these bills, plus my car note, plus my home mortgage? Well, SaveWithBruce.com can help you do just that by consolidating all of your bills into one low monthly payment. That's right. You can future endeavor all of your debt and get it under control. Maybe even skip your next two house payments. It's SaveWithBruce.com if you're looking to buy a new house house and you need a mortgage for your home, we can help you with that. The process is simple. It's easy. Go to SaveWithBruce.com and let us help you start saving money today. SaveWithBruce.com is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 65084. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Rocket Promotion. Tony Enfers what they win. Look, Shivani's back again. World title split off center stage. Bischoff, Disney Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh. Lois rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom Ziggs a good looking man. Quondike Bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co host. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? Monday on the MLW Radio Network, and the man of the hour, the master of ceremonies is with us, Mr. Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? Conrad, I am fine. How are you doing today? I am excellent, and I like that we are talking this way. Me too, because it's how brohams should talk. I like uh, it. Ha, ha, ha. We're doing something different today, boys and girls. It's not a watch along. It's a laugh along with Tony Schiavone and I, we took to Twitter. We took to Facebook and we asked, do you have a question for Tony Schiavone? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Cause once we get this wedding paid for fucking out of here, but thankfully the wedding is not yet done because you haven't bought enough shirts over at LoisRules.com. Pick up a shirt right now. Because Tony, when you pick up a shirt at LoisRules.com, eventually you call and thank them for their business, right? Yeah, eventually I do. <laughs> so there you go. Look forward to it. Eventually <laughs> you're going to get an okay shirt that nobody gets, but you, and you'll get a half-assed phone call about three weeks later. How's that for a sales job, Tony? 
<laughs> well, you know, you are going to get a phone call, okay? You are. I promise. If you don't get a phone call, I've made some phone calls to where they say, the number you're calling has a voicemail that's not been set up yet. Goodbye. So you guys probably won't get a phone call. Well, they got one. They just don't know they got one. Right, right. They, they, it, it wasn't set up with them. So there. Hey, I forgot to tell you this. This is kind of a fun, um, t-shirt story. You know, you guys have an opportunity to pick up a shirt called the pod father, which has my head photoshopped to where it looks like I'm the Godfather. It's pretty ridiculous. Right. Uh, I was on vacation a few weeks ago and I didn't realize it, but my lady friend had picked mm-hmm. up this shirt and done it sort of low key to where I didn't know. And, uh, I'm like half asleep and she, uh, comes around the corner and she's got the shirt on and, uh, it's maybe the weirdest moment in the history of our relationship. And that's saying something. Cause I'm a weird motherfucker, as you know. Wow. How about that? That's kind of erotic in a way. Oh, it was roll tide after that. Let me just tell you. <laughs> well, good. Well, we got some roll tide questions for you, Tony. We're going to try to get to as many of these as we can. And if you'd like to ask a question to Tony that we don't hit here, go pick up a shirt at lowestrules.com. And sometime between, I don't know, February and April, you'll get a call. Mm-hmm. So lowestrules.com. And you can ask that question. Tony, are you ready? I am ready. Let me say that there's a lot of uh, people that I call that do not have questions for me or a lot of people that I call that say, you know, I had a question for you. I just can't think of it right now. Oh, I will call you. So you have that effect question. on people, even people you're calling are saying, I don't remember. <laughs> All right, Tony, are you ready to say, I don't remember 14 times, by the way, Tony's not actually here guys. I just have a couple of buttons on my board here and I'm going to press, I don't remember. And it was the booking That's- committee over and over and over. And then every now and again, goddamn slap dick, fuck Dave Meltzer. I mean, I've got like five buttons and then we're good to go. So a little peek behind the curtain. It's just me and you this week, boys and girls. Press the button. It was the booking committee. Okay. Uh, Kevin wants to know in your many visits to Rochester, New York, have you ever had a garbage plate, a garbage plate? I have not, but I have eaten at Dinosaur Barbecue many times in Rochester, New York. Uh, any mo- any fun memories from the old Ice Palace in Tampa? That's from Chris. Wow. Uh, yes. Uh, here's the fun memory I had at the Ice Palace in Tampa. We were there, and uh, we were calling the uh, calling the matches. Our uh, our set, our Nitro set, was back away from the uh, from the ring, and. I'm doing the play-by-play, and 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 all of a sudden, someone comes and slaps me on the back as hard as he can. And I turn around, and it's a drunk Wade Boggs, about as drunk as anybody could be. Uh, and I know, you know, he and he were friends, and he lived in Tampa, and of course, he went uh, was a Hall of Famer, but uh, he was a Hall of Fame uh, lit up that night. Woo-woo! Right, I like it. Yeah, right, right in the middle of doing a doing a. So it was a, it was a moment that I'll never forget. You know, that usually doesn't happen. Michael wants to know what was your favorite David Crockett moment that made you laugh your ass off? Well, it had to be the, the Mulkies win because I've said it before on this program. When the Mulkies won the interview that David did basically was David saying you won and the Mulkies looking around hands up in the air, like we won. And David said, yeah, you won. And they said, we won. 
So that's basically what the interview was back and forth. You won, we won, you won, we won. And they came back to me and I actually was laughing on TV at that time. And I never, never laughed so hard in my life at anything that David did with us. AJ wants to know if you had the chance to call one more match as an announcer and you could pick the participants, the type of match, the referee, the venue, the event, what would it be? I'd like a chance to call steamboat and the macho man, Randy Savage. Yep. I like it. Maybe we should do that here on the show. I mean, I need to lay um, out and rack it up and call it. Yeah. Let you know, maybe you do that with rich bikini or somebody serious because I would, you know, be trying to talk. Yeah. About you're not serious about anything. Elizabeth. Yeah. 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 I mean, because right. here's the deal. Nobody gives a fuck. Right. Uh, Michael wants to know any stories about Canyon or Alex, Wright? They were my favorites growing up along with glacier. Uh, I went to, uh, I went to Chris Canyon's, uh, WrestleMania party right after we went down, uh, which would have been WrestleMania in 2001 and hung out at his house and had a few, uh, drinks with him. And a lot of the people who were, uh, who were in attendance, that was the night that Bobby Heenan, I think called Gene Okerlund, Tony on the air, uh, that, but that's, uh, that's the only time I, I hung out with Chris Canyon. I really thought Chris Canyon was a hell of a talent and had a great mind for the business. I didn't really know Alex Wright that well. Brandy wants to know if you were a manager, which four wrestlers would be in your stable and what would it be called? Uh, let's see. It would be Arn Anderson yep. in my stable. Yep. Uh, it would be a uh, Ric Flair in my stable. Woo. We're the four horsemen so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be, uh, Dolph Ziggler in my stable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it would be, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Zach Ryder in my stable. I like it. And Kurt Hawkins is the heavy. He's, uh, he's on the outside. Yeah. He's on the outside looking in the heavy. Uh, Kevin wants to know what did Mark Madden smell like? Uh, Mark Madden smelled like French toast buttered on one side. Uh, Alex wants to know who would win in a shoot fight, Bob Cottle or Gordon Soley. Clearly the answer is Gordon Soley. Cause he wouldn't feel a thing. Right. Right. Although, uh, Gordon had trouble standing up. So Bob could have probably put the boots to him. Wes wants to know, was Tony fed the line? He's going to cut his beard off or wasn't an ad lib when tank Abbott held a knife to big Al's throat at super brawl 2000. It was an ad lib. <laughs> Good God. How does that come to be? How does it come? To, what? How does that line come to be? Or how does it come to be that someone remembers that stuff? How does it Shit. come to be that somebody brings a fucking knife out on TV? Yeah. Well, you know, I, it was the I, I guess, uh, yeah, who knows? It was tank <laughs> Abbott, right? Uh, Michael Bayer wants to know, is there any truth to the rumor from Mike Graham that Eric Bischoff owned a t-shirt company and would make money off the NWO shirts? Same with music that he filtered all of WCW's music through his company. And that's why they lost so much. No, there's no truth to that rumor. Have you heard something about that Conrad? I have heard about the music. I have not heard about the t-shirts. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, you know, how much Jimmy Hart would be able to tell us. And you know, something I'm going to have to ask Jimmy about when I talk to him next time, cause he and I have talked periodically. So, uh, uh, the t-shirt thing. No, that's not true. The music thing could be. Seth Hicks wants to know, do you wish you had the opportunity to call the flare steamboat trilogy in 1989? Uh, no, no, no. Michael wants to know 
Medusa post boob job or Deborah? The world wants to know. Uh, post boob job or Deborah. Well, you know, once upon a time she had life rafts. Oh yeah, I know. I know. And she's still roll tied today, but you know, we're, we're down to floaties. Ask them yeah. to the rafts. <laughs> it's funny. I was just on Medusa's podcast and we talked about floaties. Uh, although not in the same, uh, context that you just did. Well, because uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a wordsmith, right? I paint a colorful yeah. picture, my friend. Yeah, you sure are buddy. Uh, I would go with Medusa post boob job. I mean, gotta, gotta, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Mike Taylor wants to know, this is a good one. If you could no punch boy. one person in the face and know there are no consequences, who would it be? If I could smack one person in the face, no consequences, no consequences. Uh, man, it would have to be a, it would have to be a Senator or a uh, Congressman. Oh, that sucks. I think he meant wrestling. Oh, wrestling. Wow. Wrestling. God, I don't know if anybody I ever wanted to smack in the face and say, Hey, you prick. That's, that's a terrible question. See, that's a question that assumes that everybody hated everybody. No, you there hate, was always, you hate there was people. always somebody you hate. I never hated anybody. I didn't. Okay. I'll let it go. Uh, Chucky wants to know, has Lois ever met Medusa? Uh, no, <laughs> no, but she's watched her Alundra blaze, uh, documentary. Thought she was pretty cool. Joshua wants to know, did you ever get invited to any of the wife swapping parties in WCW? Absolutely not. Thank God. <laughs> Andy wants to know where did the tape machines or rolling phrase come from? Was it a line fed to you or an ad lib? That was an ad lib. I, uh, I can remember back in the day when we used to, uh, cut the old promos in, uh, at Jim Crockett promotions and, um, we would, uh, you know, do the local interviews, uh, that would insert in all the shows. And sometimes I would, uh, I would, they would go three, two, one. And I would start talking. They go cut, cut the tape machines are not rolling yet. Uh, so I heard that line from Jackie Crockett so many times that I just kind of used it. Caleb wants to know what was Sonny Ono like? Uh, I, I always thought that Sonny Ono was kind of a shady character. Uh, but he was a friendly kind of sort, but you just, you know, just never, just didn't trust him. I thought maybe that, I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. JD wants to know what, in your opinion is WCW's best moment. Best moment. Yep. In WCW. Uh, wow. That's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty big. Um, hmm. it would have to probably be, uh, bringing in Hulk Hogan. Hey, Zeus wants to know what was the hardest match to call? The most difficult match to call was I called a flare and, uh, junkyard dog match one time. That was difficult. Eric wants to know what was your opinion of the West Texas rednecks? Push the button. You got a button. You go to push. Yep. Push it. I don't remember. Uh, Adam wants to know what was worse, the Yeti or Van Hammer? (laughs) Uh, It was the Yeti. My God. Nothing was as bad as the Yeti. 
Uh, Sean wants to know, are you aware how many times you say, okay, in every show hint it's a lot. Okay. Mm. Okay. I, uh, uh, I know I say, uh, a lot, but, uh, okay. I'm not so sure. Okay. How much I do it. I I'm told that, uh, I say, okay. Uh, during football broadcast and basketball broadcast, and when we hit the road with the team, okay. That I say, see what I'm saying. That's my term. See what I'm saying. See what I'm saying? But I never okay thought it was okay that I said. You see what I'm saying? Anthony says, you had the living legend, the professor, and the brain. Why no nickname for you? Uh, because uh, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was a gimmick. I was a straight guy. Well, that's debatable. Tom Zink disagrees. Rob wants to know, <laughs> did any of your kids show any interest in getting into the wrestling business? No, they did not. Uh, we, uh, they all loved it. Uh, my oldest son, Matt, uh, did go recently, uh, because he lives up there. He was up in Stanford and he went to visit the, uh, uh Titan TV studios. Cause I got a friend that works there and, uh, I asked him if he wanted to get in the business and he said, nah. And I said, thank God. Cause he's got a pretty good job, but no, no one wanted to get into the business. You know, I, uh, I meant to ask you this. Is there anything that interests you that you might be curious to see if they still have in the WWE warehouse? You mean like gimmicks or yeah, whatever ring skirts, props, belts, uh, old entrance gear. I mean, anything from wrestling history is probably inside that WWE warehouse. And, uh, me and a friend of ours is going to be cruel and cruising through there. And I wanted to see if there was anything you wanted me to keep an eye out for. So. Yeah. The years ago when, uh, when the Crockett's closed down, uh, in, the in their, uh, in their office, I had brought in about 15 to 20 old wrestling posters. Uh, you know, the cards. Oh yeah. Yeah. And someone lifted those off and they may have ended up being in the WWE, uh, they may still end up in the, be in the WWE warehouse. I don't know. Do, but you, do you remember, are there any in particular, any of those yeah. old men Atlantic cards that you're looking for? Because I'm sure somebody listening has it. Well, I, 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 the one I remember more than any was back in 1978, uh, the mid Atlantic, uh, they, they stripped the world tag team title belts from Ric Flair and Greg Valentine. And they had a one night tournament to decide new world tag team champions. This was at the Greensboro Coliseum, the card, uh, they just kind of listed all the tag teams that would be in the card. Uh, and the card was blue and it was, I think with red lettering, I remember it was blue for sure. Uh, that's one I remember. I had a couple of them from the Augusta expo, but most of them were from Greensboro, North Carolina. And I just, there was a place between Greensboro and Virginia that every time that we would travel down to Greensboro, this old building uh, next, next to a filling station or a gas station, uh, this old building, they used to always put one up there and I used to always take it down. So I had many of them. So when I started working with the Crockett's, I wanted to show Francis and the Crockett's all the stuff that I had and I showed it to them and everything left in the Crockett office. And then one day they were all gone. Ta-da. Ta-da. So they may, I don't know. They may have ended up 
up in Stanford, Connecticut. Now they're in Jackie Crockett storage locker somewhere in South Carolina. There could be, you're, you're exactly right. They could be. Uh, David wants to know, does Tony have any gorgeous George stories? Not sure if we ever hear any stories about her. Yeah. I don't have any stories on her. None at all. She was gorgeous. Oh, she was real tired. My friend. Yes, she was. Uh, John wants to know what other sports besides baseball and wrestling have you done play by play on? I've done a lot of football on a high school level. I've done a lot of basketball on a high school level. Uh, I've done college basketball. I did women's college basketball when I was in college and I've done a couple of university of Georgia men's college basketball games when the play by play guy, uh, couldn't, was not available. Uh, that's all I've done. Baseball, basketball, football, wrestling. I, I've never done lacrosse. I've never done soccer, hockey, never done that. I know. Rich McKinney does a lot of hockey or has done hockey, but that's about the extent of it. A lady named Darla Mason Whitman, uh, who is apparently the mother of Jeremy wants to know who is the sexiest commentator in the history of our great sport. And why is it Tony Schiavone? Well, it's Tony Schiavone because Tony Schiavone has, is a smooth talker. Tony Schiavone has spoken for. And when you know he's not available, that makes him even sexier. Uh, See what I'm saying? No, I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, um, okay. See what I'm saying? Okay. Excluding Ric Flair. This comes from John yeah. Mayer. Who mm -hmm. was the best WCW world champion? Excluding Ric Flair was the best WCW world champion. That's right. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Was Steamboat a world champion? <laughs> yeah. All right. Steamboat. I didn't expect that. See, that's a, that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a funky question because if you're saying who was the most famous, it was Hogan. If you're saying who's one of the best workers give you great matches, I guess, besides flair would be steamboat. So that's kind of, it, it's, it's hard to qualify that question. Okay. Okay. I think actually in fairness, steamboat was an NWA world champion. Ah, well, there you go. No, that was WCW. Yeah. Uh, okay. crystal wants to know, did Tony see heaven when he choked and almost died in Conrad's basement? No, I saw hell. I saw that I was going to die in Alabama next to lazy ass, Matt Coon, lazy ass, Matt Coon. And of course, uh, Jay-Z who, you know, apparently does save people for a living, but couldn't get off his ass that night. No. Well, in fairness, he was drinking vodka and like, uh, crystal light, I think is his jam. James Edwards wants to know what is Ric Flair really like when the cameras aren't on the same way he is when the cameras are on well-documented. There is no denying that. Michael wants to know, what'd you think of uh, the insane clown posse? Uh, I, I didn't, I thought they couldn't work, but I thought they re really loved the business and worked, uh, and tried awfully hard. Will wants to know, were there any nitro party tapes sent to the CNN center that were not suitable to be replayed on television? There were plenty of those that we got from college students. Uh, I did not get a chance to look at those, <laughs> but <laughs> so hang on. Are, are they like just passing the bongs around or is this like campus invasion Shane's world stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That stuff. Just silly cursing type, you know running their mouth. And I mean, I, I didn't see any boobs or anything like that or didn't see any, uh, you know, uh, uh, sexual acts, but there was a lot of just cursing and stupidness and drunkenness that 
So it's our show, basically. Yeah, it, it became a podcast years later. Um, can you discuss Flair's legit heat for Hogan after the leather strap hits for David Flair? Only from what I read, that he was pissed off that the way he uh, whipped uh, David Flair. I remember that when I watched it, when I saw it happen back then, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was that bad. And then Conrad and I watched it again. And then I realized, wow, this was really bad. So when he, when I heard that Flair was pissed off about it, I I was wondering, you know, it's, this is all a work. Why would he be mad? Uh, it's the business, but then I, I can see why. Yeah. I mean, you you watched it again, almost 20 years later and, uh, it's tougher than you remember. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, Brian wants you know, to go ahead. L- l- let me, let me add something to this. Uh, and, and not necessarily that moment, but there's a lot of moments that happen moments, moments that happened that I was unaware of because a lot of times I was being told what was coming up ahead. Right. So there's a lot of things that I, that happened in the ring that I didn't really pay attention to. If you go back and you see it now sitting in your easy chair, or what, and you watch it, knowing what you're, you're about to see and know the story behind it, it takes a completely different turn. Um, here's a fun one here. Oh boy. Robert wants to know what was the deal with the WCW logo change in 1999? Yeah. Eric Bischoff wanted a logo change because he wanted something that would be identifiable with WCW that you could look at it and immediately know that it was WCW. Uh, not, not a bad idea in theory. And he always said, that's what Nike has. You look at the swoosh and you know, Nike and he's right. It's the most famous logo of all time. Unfortunately, the WCW logo didn't come anywhere near the, like the Nike logo. Uh, and it was just kind of a bastardized thing, but that was the, that, that was, he wanted a marketing tool much like the, you know, you, you know what the under armor sign looks like now. You know what that is. You know what the Nike swoosh is. And there are some other things out there, I guess, that you can just look at their logo and say, ah, that's it. That's what he wanted with WCW. What he got was, as I've said many times on this show, he got an exploding vagina. Oh, my gosh. Mike okay. says, you have mentioned you didn't enjoy WCW near the end and your enthusiasm declined. At what point did that begin? It really had to be the last year when we heard so many rumors uh, that we were going to be sold, bought, fold up tent, uh, and uh, and everybody was kind of, uh, you know, once again, the, the people that uh, were running WCW uh, obviously didn't give a shit about it. So it had to be the very last year. It is very difficult to do your work when you got all this pressure. And that's why, you know, we do this podcast. Uh, okay. We do this podcast and we, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't realize was going on. And people say that's impossible. You were there bullshit. It's not impossible because I stayed away from it. I didn't want to hear how bad things were. I didn't want I wanted to do my job. And I promise you, if you work in a condition like I worked in, where you were making good money and you hear that things are going badly and you hear that they're going to close the doors or you hear it's going to be sold or you hear that Turner Broadcasting doesn't want you, 
you try your best. I did at least. I don't know why anybody else wouldn't do this to do your work and ignore what was going on. So I didn't read that bullshit that Dave Meltzer wrote back then. I didn't listen to all the, I, I moved, removed myself away from all the, uh, rumors and innuendos that were flying back then. There were, uh, back then there was a, uh, uh, there was, I had some heat, uh, from all the other announcers because the announcers had a room. And then later we had a little, uh, RV that we all hung out in and I didn't hang out out with the, with the announcers, Heenan today, uh, back then Lee Marshall, I guess, uh, dusty was in it at times. I didn't hang out back there because I didn't want to sit there. And for three or four hours between the meeting and the time we took the air, I didn't want to sit there and listen to gossip. Listen to, oh, guess what I heard? Oh my God, I guess I, I didn't want to hear that shit. So a lot of times I took a book, would go into the stands and sit into the stands and read my book and ignore that stuff. When a lot of the announcer says, yeah, Shivani's in there with his nose up Bischoff's ass. That, that was not true. That was not true at all. I avoided all that stuff. What was the question again? When did you lose enthusiasm? Yeah, some uh, the last year. Hello, everybody. I'm Sean Mooney, the MLW Event Center, and let's get to it. Major League Wrestling is back with a new show you can stream or download at MLW.tv. Watch MLW Zero Hour and see what many fans are calling the match of the year candidate and more. Plus, Tony Schiavone and Rich Bocchini on commentary. Don't miss out on MLW Zero Hour, out now at MLW.tv. On What Happened When, let's get to those podcasts. Tony and Conrad talk WCW sold out. Has Tony's opinion of Luchadores changed in 2018? Well, find out. On Down and Dirty with Dutch Mantel, the guys talk about the early days of the macho man Randy Savage fighting off a canine dog, Harley Race causing a riot, and the Puerto Rican Santa Claus. Lucha Talk is back, and they're talking about what 2018 has in store, including new women being brought into CMLL and how that affects the landscape of the division. Atlantis' return will have a big mask match this year, will it? And finally comprehensive fantastica mania and much more on primetime with sean mooney my favorite podcast this week we welcome one of the most popular superstars in the history of the wwf wwe the one and only tito santana a man who had a mission and completed it all for his family we'll tell you all about it and don't forget mlw zero hour is out now buy and stream or download a stack show for just $4.99. That's $4.99 at MLW TV. Now it's time to get back to your favorite MLW podcast. Mike wants to know any DJ Rand memories. Oh, uh, DJ Rand was, yeah, DJ Rand uh, had a tape that I guess it's, I found it on YouTube. Uh, you seen that, uh, that tape of, uh, Chuck Berry in the shower with a, uh, a prostitute. Uh, and when he farts in her face. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. He turned, he showed us that one day when we were in the RV and we were all laughing. 
So, you know, what's funny is I didn't even know that existed all the way back then. I've only seen it in the more recent years and it's one of those, man, you're not going to believe this. And even still, yeah. after I watched it, I wasn't exactly sure what I was watching, but it does feel like something that Klondike bill would have been crowded around the RV to get a good look at. Yeah, I know. And when he says, smell my thoughts, I remember DJ ran and all of us just laughing uncontrollably. The best line in there is something like, I like to do stuff like that. <laughs> you mad at me, aren't you, honey? Oh, God. No, you can't kiss me. You got piss in your face, baby. <laughs> it's just. Oh, God. Uh, Isn't that terrible? Ken wants to know, have you ever played the accordion naked? Uh, no, but I've played the accordion uh, lathered in cream cheese. All right. So that wouldn't have been completely naked. This is a question for me. Mm. This is real. Have you actually put an Oreo in French onion dip? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I tried it. It was, it was on an album. Uh, I don't know. You don't remember this, but back in the seventies, there was a comedian named David Fry and he did a great impression of Richard Nixon and on his comedy album called Richard Nixon, a fantasy. He talked about Richard Nixon smoking dope. And then said, Richard Nixon said he took a, a hit of dope. And he said, I don't feel anything. Mm. I'm rather hungry. Do you have any Oreos and some onion dip? So I remember that was and that back when we were in college, we laughed about that. So we tried it uh, and uh, it was pretty gross, but I have tried it. Does Tony recall the BBC filmmaker who did a stint at the power plant and filmed Sarge working him out till he puked? Do you remember that? I do not. Uh, what do you think of Chris Cruz comes to us from Joe Wiley? Uh, Chris was rather outspoken. Uh, when I came back to WCW, uh, in 89, they put me on worldwide in place of Chris Cruz, Chris Cruz, if you'll recall, and Terry Funk were doing the commentary for worldwide. And, uh, so they brought me in and I think if I recall, we were like in Greenville or Greenwood. Mississippi to do TV taping. Terry Funk wasn't there. And they asked me, Tony, you're just in. Would you rather not do the first show? Let Chris do it and just kind of watch it and then maybe do the second show. And I said, well, let Chris do the first show. And Chris, uh, because I was going to work with Kevin Sullivan that night, Chris was just was very outspoken. He said, Kevin, you've never liked me. I've never liked you. Uh, let's, let's call it the way it is. I don't ever want to work with you or actually see you again. And, uh, I ended up working with Kevin Sullivan that night. I thought he was kind of outspoken at that time. Uh, there was a lot of people that thought that Chris stooged off a lot of things. In other words, secrets, whatever. Again, there's a lot of people that thought that, but I never thought that cause I didn't know Chris that well. Chris wants to know Tony versus Lois in a cage. Who wins? She wins every time, every time. John wants to know how much money was Eric Bischoff making when the company was at its highest popularity? Well, he was making millions, absolutely millions. And a lot of the money that he was making was kind of based on buy rates and how the company was going in numbers. Lee wants to know, did Tony always say full arm drag and twist in every single match he ever commentated on? Yes. 
even when they didn't do it. <laughs> uh, Lance wants to know, did Tony interact with Nick Bockwinkle at all when he was WCW commissioner or was he just here and there when needed? Yeah, I interacted with Nick a lot. I, uh, Nick was, and, and I, I actually interacted with Nick when he was a, uh, when he was a, uh, an agent with the WWF, uh, back then. And, uh, so I interacted with him a lot. He didn't always thought that Nick was uh, an idiot. Uh, and, uh, I think there's a, there's a well, uh, documented, uh, thing that we did on camera where Nick couldn't remember the name of the pay-per-view and he was behind us laughing like, ha ha ha. I told you he's a dumbass. Uh, Nick always came across as, you know, a very intelligent champion, but Heenan thought in real life he was dumb. Uh, and, and so, but, but yeah, Nick was okay. Uh, Aaron wants to know, does Dean Malenko belong in the WWE hall of fame? He's not in there. No, man. Yeah. Uh, Andrew- I, I can't, I can't comment on that because I did not see what Dean did after 2001. I, I'm not good at saying he, this person or that person shouldn't be in the hall of fame. I can tell you, I think Lance Russell should be, yeah. uh, I think Bob Cottle should be yep. uh, as far as guys who wrestled after 2001 up until now. I don't know. I, I didn't see enough of them to warrant an opinion on that. Matt wants to know, do you have any good Gordon Soley stories? Uh, yeah, uh, we were, uh, Starcade of 1983, Gordon Soley and Bob Cottle did the commentary and, uh, I did the, the interviews, uh, they had Ole Anderson bring Gordon Soley in from, uh, from Atlanta. And, and this is Ole Anderson's story. It tells me, uh, I don't even know if Ole was booked on the show that night, but they had Ole bring Gordon in. Uh, and Jimmy Crockett told Ole, Ole, make sure he stays sober because Gordon had been known to throw back one or 10. Uh, and he said, okay, so they went, they stopped to get gas. Gordon went into the bathroom, came back out. He seemed like he was, uh, a little bit tipsy. He couldn't understand why he didn't have any liquor on him. They went to get something. He came back, went to the bathroom, came back and he was a little bit drunker. And, uh, Ole confronted him about it. And he found out he had these wee little bottles of liquor on him, airplane liquor, as we called it. Uh, he kept in his pocket and he would always, so by the time he got the Starcade and it's about a six hour drive, maybe from Atlanta to Greensboro. Uh, he had, he was pretty tipsy, but he was able to perform that night. Andrew wants to know, and I guess I've blocked this out. In Nitro, mid-1999, Kevin Nash cut a promo on Randy Savage. He carried a bag to the ring with him, and at the end of the promo, a small woman got out of the bag and poured sewage on Savage. What the hell? What the hell? I don't even remember that. Hit the button. I don't remember. Uh, Jeremy wants to know, what can you tell us about your run in TNA? I know we've talked about this on the show before, Tony, but we get this like 15,000 times a week. So tell your TNA story again. Vince Russo wanted me to work with them at TNA. And of course I was kind of like, you know, almost uh, even more so back then, but I was kind of like the way that 
I was when you approached me about doing this. I didn't, I, I initially didn't want to do it. And, and Vince uh, said, he said, you know what? He said, you deserve more credit in the business than you've gotten since you left. And it was only a couple of years. I was, uh, I guess it was Oh three, maybe when this happened, I had just started working full time for WSB radio and they were taping their, uh, TV shows in Nashville, Tennessee, which is about a three and a half hour drive from Atlanta. And there's a difference in the time change. So I said, okay, I'll come do it. Uh, and I, uh, I got in a car, got in a van with Russo and Glenn, you know, the disco inferno. And I th- I don't know if Canyon was in there. Maybe not. I can't, there were some other guys that I, that I don't remember, but I remember. So we went and we did it. And, uh, we did that angle with Mike and I did the interview afterwards. And of course we taped a couple of shows and I'm standing in the back and I'm watching the monitor and I'm listening to Mike Tanay and, uh, Don West scream about every lousy spot that we saw. And I remember thinking, you know what? I just, and Jerry Jarrett was over to my right and he was talking to me back and forth. And I remember thinking, I, I just, I don't want to do this. Any, I, I really don't want to do it. I, I don't, I don't know if it was a combination of, uh, you know, being burnt out by the business or wanting to go a different direction. But I now I had a full-time job with WSB radio and I was their morning sports anchor. Uh, and I was also doing pregame and postgame on Atlanta Braves radio. So I was kind of doing some of the things I've always wanted to do. So, uh, Bob Ryder, I think cut me a check that night for like 300 bucks. And as we're riding there, we rode all the way back to Atlanta. They dropped me off at the radio station so I could go in and go straight to work. Uh, and so I told Vince that night, I said, Vince, I, I just, I can't do this anymore. First of all, I can't stay up all night every Wednesday night, uh, and come in and do my work. Uh, that's number one. And number two, I just don't want to do it anymore. He said, are you sure? I said, yes. And that was the last time uh, actually I had seen Vince, uh, we had talked on the, on the phone, on Skype since then, but I just, I was, I, I did not want to do it. And it was, a, it was going to be, I guess I was going to be the heel announcer, basically, you know, doing interviews in the ring, kind of like a heel Gene Okerlund, but I didn't want to do it. I, I was done. I, I was burnt out and that was it. Good stuff. This one comes to us from uh, super Dave Miller. When are you going to climb your fat ass up in your attic and get that six man tag belt down? <laughs> Who was that from again? Super Dave Miller in Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. Right. You sure not that that's not from super Conrad Thompson. I'm, I mean, I'm reading it right here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, uh, I don't want to go up, man, Dave. I don't want to go up in that attic, man. It's just, there's, there's so much shit up in there and it's just, oh man. Hypothetically, if Super Dave Miller from Mississippi showed up at your doorstep, would he be allowed to climb around your attic and find the belt? Yes, he would. But Conrad Thompson has dibs on it. So Deal. I like it. Super Dave, hit me up. I'm getting you in the hit attic it. duty. Yeah, Super Dave. Yeah, uh, uh, Conrad will fly you here. Uh, I'll whoa, have Lois whoa, uh, whoa, cook whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! First of all, Lois uh-huh. ain't cooking. Second of all, I'm not flying shit. Okay. Uh, Jonathan wants to know Magnum TA tore up the suit. Ric Flair bought for him. He forced a kiss on baby doll. He manhandled her when dusty won her for a month. And then he punched Bob Geigel. Why was he a baby face? He was the rugged baby face. He was like, 
right? I mean, he was like the serious type, rugged baby face before his time. That's why. Uh, Roger wants to know, what are your memories of the Australian tour? Uh, I, my memories were, I had a, a couple of memories, uh, when we were in, um, we started out in Brisbane and then we worked Sydney and then we worked, uh, Melbourne. We had two shows in Melbourne. Both were sold out and in Melbourne, uh, we were, they, they put us up at a, this gig, this posh over the top type casino type, uh, hotel and had a, uh, had a reception for us on the last night. And it was, they spent a lot of money on this reception. The food was spectacular and, uh, it was kind of out on the patio and they had torches out on the patio that night. And it was pretty spectacular. Uh, when we were in, uh, we were in Sydney, Australia, I, uh, we stayed at the four seasons and that was during the, uh, the subway series between the New York Yankees and the New York Mets in 2000. And that was just right after the summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia. Uh, so I would get up in the morning about nine, a, nine AM, which would be about nine o'clock Eastern time, PM Eastern time and watch the world series in the morning, which I thought was awfully, uh, uh, odd. Uh, it was also around the time, you know, that we knew that we were kind of going down the shitter. Uh, so, uh, I pretty much stayed in my room and, uh, walked around Sydney a little bit and saw the sights. I could not tell you one match that we wrestled that we had not one, but I can tell you what we did other away from the ring. Any glass coffee tables down there? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure because there's some, uh, there's some beautiful women in Australia. Justin, wants I guess them. you don't need a beautiful woman for a glass coffee table. Uh, I'll never but, know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Justin wants to know when your team comes to my town to play the Durham bulls, will you spend the night at my house rather than getting a hotel? I promise an HJ. Does that mean a hat and jacket? No, that does not mean a hat and jacket. Uh, I mean, it might be uh, cold out. I don't know. Well, you know, it could be, it could be some sort of cocktail, right? Right. It could uh, be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Haviland and some sort of orange juice. I, I don't know. Would yeah, you, I, uh, would you spend, would you go couch surfing? Would you spend the night with fans? No, no, on hotels? That. no, uh-uh. because I, uh, I take a bus back and forth from the hotel. I mean, yeah, a bus back and forth between the hotel and the ballpark. And it's just so convenient to do that. Christopher wants to know if Lois weren't in the picture, which nitro girl would you like to cat bath first? <sighs> Why do we have to answer? I, th- this is have I really set, the, have I really set the standard this low in my life? Yep. Cody that wants I have to, answer? to know, would you rather be Steinerized or take a kick in the head from Goldberg? <laughs> uh, I would rather probably take a kick in the head from Goldberg because I wouldn't remember it. Steinerize, you could probably remember the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. Uh, Carl wants to know, did Shagger Lee Marshall ever take Klondike bill to a nitro party? No, that is stagger Lee. And he never did. No, Shagger Klondike would have loved it. Shag- well, especially on those campuses. Eddie wants to know if he can hear your Candyman impression. All right. Well, of course we were talking about different characters that Jim heard wanted 
And he thought there should be a guy that goes around with a bag of candy and throws out the candy to the kids because the kids love candy. And they would, it would be like a Pied Piper thing. And we're going to call him the goddamn candy man. I said, well, I will, who can be the candy man? I don't, so whoever's going to be the goddamn candy man, I want to make sure that he's somebody that can work and somebody that can uh, interact with kids. And then, of course, we came up with Brad Armstrong, who was the goddamn candy man. So there it is. Do you prefer a two-man or a three-man broadcast booth? Uh, I originally liked two-man broadcast booth because I worked with David all those years. But uh, I, I started really enjoying a three-man broadcast booth when we had me, Tanae, and uh, Zabisco, or me, Tanae, and Heenan, or me, Heenan, and uh, Dusty Rhodes. So I, I, at the end, it started out two-man, but at the end, I enjoyed a three-man. Eric wants to know what was the best piece of advice you received that helped you in calling wrestling? I can't remember the specific, uh, the specific, uh, advice, but I remember Bill Watts taking me over and showing and telling me about different moves and how that I had to sell the different moves because it made it believable and it may, it helped the storyline. And Bill Watts did this to me a number of times uh, and he was really serious about it. And he, and he was like, and he wasn't, you know, a bill could be very difficult as we know, but he was very serious and was very helpful to me in my career. I've said this many times. He was the only boss that he wanted to, he wanted matches called a certain way. And if I didn't understand that he would take the time to tell me why he wanted certain matches to call, be called that way. So I, I always did appreciate working with him. Alex wants to know about Kevin Nash. How was he as a person and a wrestler? Any funny stories? Well, I've told the story that when we were, uh, we were, uh, our very first, uh, hog wild, uh, road wild, if you will. And we landed and, uh, you know, the fans met us at the bunch of fans met us at the gate back then. Cause you could do that. And we're walking up through, uh, and this is, I guess, Cedar, uh, see not Cedar Rapids, Iowa, but anyway, it's in South Dakota. Uh, and we flew in from Atlanta and the, we're walking up and this one kid says, Hey, there's a concert tonight, uh, and, uh, in Sturgis and it's going to be so-and-so are you going to the concert? And Kevin said, hell no. He said, I'm going to get a bottle of Jergens, turn on SpectraVision, and my night's complete. Uh, and it just completely went right over the kid's head, but we all laughed like hell about it. Uh, I thought Kevin for his size was a good wrestler. I thought he was a very funny guy. Kevin and I, uh, had a little disagreement at one time when he thought uh, years ago that, uh, that I didn't like him being in the booking committees, uh, because there at the end, when we were all in booking committees together, uh, Kevin would be in the booking committee and Kevin was kind of a lighthearted, fun, loving type, cut up type, always tell a joke type guy. And sometimes it bogged down the booking committee. Uh, and he thought I was upset about that. And I really wasn't. And we had a kind of a misunderstanding, but, uh, Kevin was a very talented, funny guy. Just so you know, you said the word booking committee 17 times in 13 seconds right there, which is really impressive. Um, Joshua Penn wants to know, does Lois have a single sister? No, she has four brothers, three brothers, no sisters. Chris wants to know, Hey, Tony, who's the one wrestler you didn't want to go in the restroom after? 
Tank Abbott. It was that bad, huh? Yeah, he probably would. He probably would, uh, you know, shit on the floor all over the commode, just knowing that somebody else would be in there behind him. That was his move. Just, I know. I don't know his move, but I could see him doing that. Mm. Okay. Speculation. James wants to know, I would love to know Tony's reaction to Jr. leaving WCW for the WWE. Yeah, that was, uh, I was kind of in the middle of that because, uh, Bill Shaw did not, did not like Jim Ross. And of course this was a time in the transition between Bill Watts and Eric Bischoff. Uh, they wanted, and I guess I'm speaking for Bill Shaw here and Eric Bischoff. They wanted Jim Ross to go out and, uh, sell syndication. And they, uh, really did not want to use him on TV and they were going to use me and Jesse on TV. So Jr. didn't obviously didn't like that. He still had a job and he looked elsewhere and got a job with Vince and uh, told WCW to take a hike. Greg Lawson says much like WHW, the fans got to choose the matches for superstars on the superstation. What are Tony's memories of the show where the results will work and who was Magnum's roll tide co-host? <laughs> Push the button. I don't remember. Jack. Jerry, how do fans, how do fans remember all this shit? Conrad, they haven't been hit in the head. <laughs> They're not married to Lois. <laughs> they haven't been around the world 19 times and seen Hooven to Guerrero eating chicken naked. Uh, Jerry Stevens wants to know, I vaguely recall Hogan being called hurricane Hogan very early on when he was joining WCW, were they working out details with Marvel on using Hulk? I don't remember hurricane hit the button. I don't remember hurricane Hogan at all. Do you remember that Conrad? No. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I got to skip smoking dope. will get you guys. I got to skip some of these. I didn't think I'll do that. Mark wants to know, should WWE hold a WCW reunion slash anniversary show? Like the upcoming raw is for WWF. And if so, would you participate? Uh, they should hold it and I would not participate. Yes, you would. No, I would not. Yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. Okay. I okay. absolutely would not. And why not? Because they, because this WW, this anniversary show would end up just shitting on WCW. They're, they're paying, I don't want any, they're paying I don't 10, want any part of that. They're paying 10 grand. Uh, I don't want any part of it. Oh, fuck that. You'd go. I mean, come on. It's work. Roll time there. Yeah. But they'll end up shitting on WCW. Because as you know, history is written by the guys who win. Um, Brian wants to know, are you a hundred percent sure that Arn Anderson isn't an older version of you? Yes, because Arn Anderson is younger than me. Well, a video was floated a couple of weeks ago, Tony, where it showed yeah. like a 23 year old Arn Anderson wrestling and everybody. I saw like, that. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. That's actually Tony Schiavone. Okay. Yeah. I could take some bumps back in the day. Really? Off whose fingernail? <laughs> uh, GP wants to know, how did Tony end up back on the Monday Night Wars episodes on the network? Does that mean Kevin Dunn actually did call him back? Uh, no, that, that ended up by, uh, that ended up, I uh, got in touch with a, a, a friend of mine who works there. And this was me probably the first time of, I wanted to, I, I called and said, yeah, 
you guys need a producer? And they said, don't need a producer, but they're doing this Monday night war thing and they may want to use you. So uh, another producer called me back. Don't even know who it was. Can't even, I couldn't even tell you his name and said, yeah, it said if this was in the month of March. Don't know what year. If you come on up, we'll fly you up. I'll let you spend the night in Stanford one night, you know, pick you up at the airport, uh, and let you spend the night in Stanford and, um, and come and we'll, uh, we'll take all day shooting a session with you. And they paid me like, I don't know, three grand, maybe $3,500, uh, to do it. And I said, sure. And I went back there and did it and, uh, met with some of the people that I worked with for years and took a tour of the facility and, uh, and that was it. So it started with me with a call to the WWE saying, you know, I'd like to work on your network. And they kind of like, Oh, ding, ding, ding. Maybe we don't want that dumbass fat shit to work on our network, but maybe we can use him in our Monday night war stuff. Uh, you know, they had, uh, a number of years prior to that, a producer had called me on my cell phone. Cause I've, I've had the same cell number for years. A producer called me on my cell phone. I was leaving a Braves game at night. It was late at night and a producer called me on the cell phone and said, we are doing, uh, like the best of Starcade or something, a video, uh, DVD set. And we've got David Crockett who's on board and we'd like to get you to come up and do some, uh, some on cameras for it. And I said, nah, I don't want to do it. Uh, and I said, send my best to Kevin Dunn. And that was it. So I told him, told him no one time and told him yes, the next. Uh, Matt wants to know what's your favorite Sharpie color by feel by feel. Yeah. Uh, it's the, uh, it's the old gold because it has kind of specks of old gold in it. Uh, where's those, those specks kind of can get it kind of rough and rugged related question. Who would you rather fight Stevie Ray or Scott Steiner? Uh, I'd rather fight Stevie Ray because I'm sure a Stevie Ray would, uh, Take care of me. Scott may just beat the fuck out of me. Um, and probably after last week's probably still will. I might add, do you need a squatty potty when you shit on the floor? Uh, no, uh-uh, I don't, but I've often thought that these squatty potties, do you have squatty potty Conrad? Yeah, I've tried it. It's not for me. I gave it to Cassio kid. Okay. I've always wanted to try one, but I, I never have trouble, trouble shitting. So I, mean, <laughs> I don't think there has been a day in my life, not a day. I don't know why I'm saying this. Who, who? I don't think there's been a day in my life where I've been constipated. Not a day. Hypothetically, I've never had to take a laxative. If you were constipated, yeah. would a Sharpie just, be useful? Uh, Wow. I, I don't know. I don't know what constipation's all about. So that's what I, it's all about. Um, who would take longer to return your call? Vincent Kennedy, McMahon, triple H or Kevin Dunn. Well, of those three, the only one that has returned my call would have been Kevin Dunn. So I guess, uh, the longest it's a tie between Vincent K McMahon and Paul Levesque. Uh, here's a fun question. This is from Matt Coon. Has Tony heard the best of, I know he never listens to himself, but he owes it to himself to hear the first three minutes and the last three minutes of the show. Did you ever listen to that? 
I listened to the first three minutes of the show. I didn't listen to the last three, but I will, Matt. Jesus Christ. I will, I will listen to it. Okay. Stay off my ass. Go back to sleep. Yeah. Bill wants to know how close are we to paying for the wedding? Uh, we, uh, I've got one more big time payment to make to the reception and I'm very close to that. But then there's a couple of other things that my daughter wants paid for. So to be honest with you, let's say I'm three quarters of the way there. Put it that way. Uh, Paul wants to know, what are your memories of the Nikita Koloff Magnum TA best of seven series at the great American bash? Uh, my memories were, first of all, when I heard it was going to happen that I didn't think it would be that good. Uh, but it ended up being very, very good. Uh, and you talking about the, the, the top heel that we had at this time and the top baby face going at it. It was very, very well done. Uh, would you rather eat a home cooked meal made by Klondike bill or the lunch buffet at the Shoney's in Ackworth? Well, after uh, the uh, episode we had last week, I don't think I should go anywhere near the lunch buffet at the Shoney's in Ackworth. I don't Cause know. I might get, I might get, uh, Steiner <laughs> uh, Adam B wants to know, did you have a chance to work with Gary Hart? And if so, do you have any stories? Uh, I remember Gary Hart, uh, and this was back in the Crockett days, uh, working, he was a manager of like, uh, Kevin Sullivan and Mark Lewin and, uh, Kevin, uh, uh Gary was uh, a very, very smart guy. And they had a meeting with the boys one time about do not, uh, because they're on the lookout for you. And this is back in the eighties. Do not have beer in your car. If you get stopped by the police, because you're going to get in trouble after the matches and Gary Hart spoke up. He said, there's absolutely no way, no way that boys are not going to have beer after the matches. And I remember him being very defiant about that. Not saying that he was talking about drunk driving, but he just said, let them know, let the Crockett know, or whomever had the meeting that day. Cause I was in there that the boys always were going to drink beer after the matches no way you can stop it so wrestlemania weekend's biggest party is coming to bourbon street friday april 6th there's plenty of time to get there after the hall of fame don't miss an all-inclusive all-night party hosted by kevin nash and over 30 other wrestling stars enjoy unlimited drinks all night long at the bourbon cowboy on bourbon street if you get tickets this week you can get 10 percent off by using the code RUMBLE at pwrshow.com. This is going to be a great time and is the one and only wrestling event that takes place on Bourbon Street on WrestleMania weekend. You can even go VIP and get access to the balcony where you can throw beads and get a private meet and greet with Diesel himself, Big Daddy Cool Kevin Nash. This event will sell out as it has the last six years, so get your tickets now and party with Kevin Nash and others. And you never know who will show up. Comedian Fluffy has been in the last three. Tickets are limited, so hurry and get yours today for a WrestleMania weekend party on Bourbon Street with Kevin Nash and over 30 other wrestling stars. Get your tickets for WrestleMania weekend's biggest party at pwrshow.com and get 10% off this week by entering in code RUMBLE. What is your favorite lowest meal? That comes to us from Dave Otto. Dave Otto. Hey, Dave. Um, my favorite lowest meal. Um, yikes. She uh, does a, is this a shoot or should I say something funny? No, do it for real. Okay. She does a great job of cooking a turkey. Wonderful job of cooking a turkey. 
So I just, I mean, sometimes I will just, uh, in the middle of, let's say the spring, buy a turkey and she'll cook it. And then we'll have turkey sandwiches after that. She knows how to get the, she knows how to get the breast just real moist. It's never dry. She yeah. does a great job with that. So it's turkey. Say that uh, last part in your best, uh, berry voice. My best berry voice. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, baby, cook that turkey to where the breast is moist. Mm. <laughs> baby, baby. Uh, Fuzz wants to know. Can't uh, get enough of your turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shirt over at LoisReels.com. Any fun memories from the spring break tapings? Uh, yeah, the, there was a wet t-shirt contest, I guess, that uh, the guys uh, uh, judged. And when, uh, and I'm thinking about the one from, uh, Panama city. I'm like, what's that? Panama no, city. I'm, I'm thinking about the one from, uh, South Padre Island. That's right. Yeah. There was a lot of, when, when, uh, Madden and I came out to do the show, there was a lot of dope smoking going on. It was very thick. The air was very thick with pot. And those are two things I remember about that. Matt Carter wants to know how often do you talk to David Crockett and how is he? Uh, last time I talked to David was, uh, when we both went in to visit, uh, Ric Flair, uh, you know, during his recent illness and we spent a few moments together, uh, David's fine. David, uh, works for the red cross and travels to all the disaster areas around the United States to help out the red cross. So he's very much giving his time and effort to, uh, to helping people out. David was really one of the great guys. I also had uh, David a year ago. Uh, maybe two years ago, two years ago on a broadcast, he came to a, a game in Charlotte and I had him on the broadcast with me. He and I talked, uh, back and forth a little bit. And I told him the story that, uh, our youngest son, his name is Timothy David. And we named David after him. And he said, you're blowing smoke up my ass. I said, no, I'm not. I'm really not because, and I may have touched on this before the Crockett's, uh, enabled me to buy my first house back in 1987 and, uh, when interest uh, rates were like 18% or something dumb. Yeah. They gave me interest free, the chunk of money for a payment for a down payment, uh, which was like, I don't know, maybe they gave me like $10,000. I don't know, 15,000. And I just paid them off, you know, uh, and it took a little while to pay it off. And, uh, so I, I never will forget that. And David was the one that, you know, went to the family and said, let's do this for Tony. And, I always thought I owed them a lot. And so we named our, our, our son after him, our youngest son. Uh, Justin French wants to know, my wife has a KitchenAid mixer. Unfortunately, the gimmick that spins and does the actual mixing is jammed. Any suggestions? Buy a new one. They're always easier to buy a new one than to have it fixed. You have it fixed. You're going to be taken to the cleaners. I moved along pretty quickly there, Tony, because you just admitted that the Crockett's helped you with mortgage fraud. Just so you know. That's mortgage fraud. Yeah. What that they said that I asked, can I borrow some money for a down payment? They said, yes, that's mortgage fraud. Uh, you probably listed it on your application as a gift and it wasn't actually a gift because you had to repay it. So yeah, that's not good. Hmm. Um, Vince wants to know, was there ever a pitch for you to be involved in a pudding match with Tom Zink? No, there was not. 
that would have been very interesting. Tom and I are about the same or, you know, about the same age. He was, I was just a little bit older than him. So it may have been a pretty even match. This is a fun one. Do you and Lois have celebrity hall passes? Are you in the loop on this? Never heard of it. Okay. So there's like a husband and a wife get together and they say, now I know it's never going to happen, but hypothetically, if I ever had the chance to hook up with blank and the wife would say, oh, well, you're never going to meet her. And if you did, she would never go for you. So approve. Yeah. And then he reciprocates it and she says, well, if I ever have the chance to meet blank and he laughs and says, oh, that's never going to happen. Approved. Do you and Lois have such a pact? We do not. Uh, I don't know if there's any, I remember back when we were, she loved Robert Redford back then, but of course he's old and leathery right now. Uh, and I've always loved Scarlett Johansson, uh, Selma Hayek. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. There's a lot of them. I know. can tell that's the best. Olivia Munn. We got it. We got it. Gerard wants okay. to know what are Tony's memories of Capital Combat 90? As a reminder to everyone listening, this is the RoboCop show. Yeah, my me- my one memory of that was what have I done? RoboCop bending the bars. Yeah, that was my one memory of that. I. And probably that's probably good that I don't remember anything else. Russell wants to know, were you and Heenan really surprised when Hogan showed up in black and yellow, or I'm sorry, red and yellow in August of 99? No, I don't think we were. I think we knew it was happening. That's when he turned back, right? Right. Yeah. No. uh -uh. If we act surprised then we did a damn good job. David wants to know, what was your opinion of the finger poke of doom? Oh, it, it sucked. Absolutely sucked. Citizen Craig wants to know, was there ever a consideration to go back to surfer sting? Uh, after the sting run? Well, after, no, there, after never, there never was. Okay. Uh-huh. Tom wants to know, Tony, do you still have your WWF logo jacket? I think he's talking about the blue blazer you used to wear. Uh, I do not. And the reason I don't is we didn't own those jackets. They had them there for us to wear different sizes. Uh, so that was not my jacket. I had, I had a burgundy tie WWF tie that I wore times, but the jackets were properties of, of, of the WWF. They did it right. You know, Kevin wants to know, has Tony watched any of the mid Atlantic championship wrestling that was added to the WWE network? And if so, which episodes? All right. Uh, thanks for this question. I, I wanted to watch it because they started out with October of 1983 and that was the buildup to the first Starcade, And I got to thinking, you know, on the, on this mid Atlantic championship wrestling, uh, run up to Starcade in 83, it's going to be my interview with Ric Flair in Ric Flair's house, talking about a flair for the gold. But if you watch them, uh, they have the episode of 10, one, they have the episode of 10, 15, they have the episode of 10, 22, but they don't have the episode of 10, eight. I don't know why they don't have that. Maybe because that was Tony Schiavone's first time on TV and they say, fuck Tony Schiavone. That could very well be. Um, so I have watched part and on the 10, 15 one, uh, at the near end of it, I do an interview with Ric Flair. Uh, and if you watch that, that's like the second thing I've ever done on the, the 10, uh, 
1015 version. But they, there's one that they've omitted, and that is the one where I did the interview with Ric Flair, and that's, I guess, why we can't find that anymore. I, I love them. I don't like the fact, let me uh, add to this, Conrad, I don't like the fact that they uh, they don't use the old Mid-Atlantic music. They don't use that. They uh, dub in something else. I guess they don't have the rights to it, or I don't know what happened. I don't know why they don't if they bought the old the whole library. Don't or maybe they just maybe they just want to shit on that too. They don't own the rights to the music. Don't overthink it. They don't owe the right they do not own the rights to the music. Is that what you said? Correct. Okay. That was great music. Uh See, I know the whole thing. I wasn't paying attention. Can you do it again? No. Um, this is a me question. Can you sing the Tom Zink song again? Oh, yes. Tom Zink, Tom Zink, let me tell you why he's the best of all the guys. Tom Zink, Tom Zink, and he's thunder broken grease slapper once he's on your tail. He won't quit because to him there's no such word as fail to. Tom Zink, Tom Zink, That never gets old, does it? It does not. Thank okay, you, sir. I didn't think so. Dominic wants to know if WWE put you in the Hall of Fame this year, would you accept it? No. Fucking liar. Um, Zach wants to know why did you hate center stage so much? And would you go see Ring of Honor or NXT there? You know, they, they had NXT there recently, and I, I thought about going to see my friend Steve Regal, but I thought, yeah, I don't want to do that. So I talked myself out of it. Uh, it may have changed, but back then center stage, we were there all day and it was a dirty old place. It was a dirty old rock and roll type place. And it was just, it was not a good place to stay from like noon till 11 o'clock at night. And that's why I hated it. Plus I, I just, when, when I came back to WCW, that's where they were doing their tapings. And so I was. As we know, I was very upset about coming back. So it has a, a very negative connotation in my mind. Hey, Tony, let me pitch this ring of honor is coming back to center stage in Atlanta next month in February. I want to go. We've been invited. Will you go with me? Uh, if it's not on the basketball day. Yeah. Uh, Matthew wants to know any memories of working with Neil Pruitt. He just released a run sheet for nitro online and it looks awesome. I feel like we should give a shout out to Neil. He's got a fun little podcast that he's just launched. I say little because I don't think a lot of people know about it and they should because it's fucking awesome. He releases a run sheet from a separate nitro and you can go ahead and hear him talk about that show and what happened and what was supposed to happen, but it's got the entire run sheet for the entire nitro. It's good stuff. It's called the secrets of nitro and it shouldn't be a little podcast. It should be huge. Go find it. Hit the subscribe button. He's a great guy, and this is a great concept. Have you seen the old run sheets, and do you have any good memories of Neil Pruitt? Well, I, I've seen the old run sheets. As a matter of fact, Conrad, I think if I get my lazy ass up into the attic, I think I have a bunch of them up there. 
a bunch of formats with our handwriting on it. Um, old nitro formats. I think they're up there. Probably could make a little money off those. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Neil Pruitt was, uh, we had a lot of talented people that work with us and Neil was on the, uh, forefront with that. Neil never did have the budget that other guys had. We had a guy named Mike Shockett who had a, always had a bigger budget to work with than Neil, but Neil always, uh, made it work. And, uh, Neil was, uh, just a, a very talented video guy knew what worked right. Not only that, he was easy to work with. And that was so important. If, if you're on a production end of it and you're working with wrestlers, you gotta be easy to work with. Uh, and, uh, and he was. Andrew Campbell wants to know, did the guys in WCW have wrestlers court like in the WWF? No, not that I knew of. I, I know what you're talking about. They have it in baseball, but I never saw wrestlers court in WCW. Dan wants to know, did you and Conrad bet anything over the Alabama, Georgia game? And where is the tattoo on his face going? Hashtag roll tide. Yeah, we did not bet anything at all. Uh, I don't, that's um, not true. We bet a tattoo and you owe me one. I don't remember that. Well, I have tape of it. If you'd like to hear it. Yeah. Let's have Matt. If Matt Coon is awake, let's have him put it in. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I was supposed to supposed to put a tattoo on my face. Yeah. It says roll tide. Uh, bu- bullshit. You remember that? No, you lying piece of your fuck you. Wait, wait, wait. You're also the same guy who said he was going to Luke Gallo's tattoo store over in Conyers, Georgia. That I wrote. See that. I remember that's the painted gypsy and, uh, you should go see him and ask for Luke personally and he'll hook you up and give you a great deal. But you said you were going to get a tattoo and I'm thinking we should do like lowest rules. Yeah, that's fine. Are we going to put it like on your butt cheeks? No, 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 no. Put it on my arm. Ugh. Put it on the place that's less painful. Wait, how do you know what's more painful? Because when I was young, when I was young, the doctor used to give us a shot in the ass of penicillin and it hurt a lot more than a shot in the shoulder. <sighs> my ass is very sensitive. Sean was. <laughs> Sean, Sean wants to know, uh, would you say if there were no dusty roads, there would be no survivor series or Royal rumble. Now to be clear, mm. I know this is sort of backwards, but the bunkhouse stampede existed and the WWF created the Royal rumble in response and yeah. Starcade existed and the WWF created the survivor series in response. This is kind of a fun question in reverse. Dusty Rhodes is responsible for the Royal rumble and survivor series. Is he not? Well, I guess from that line of thinking, you would have to say, yes, he would, uh, you know, Dusty's ideas certainly, uh, had Vince McMahon, you know, rethinking, I'm sure a lot of his stuff. Uh, but there is also probably uh, a school of thought out there that Vince would have thought up this stuff anyway. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's a good line of thinking. I'm going to go with that, that you are correct. Jeff wants to know, do you remember anything about Dusty's midnight rider vignettes? Where are they shot? Who did them? Et cetera. Yeah. Neil Pruitt did them, uh, where they were shot. I don't know. We talking about the ones for us or the ones in Florida. I don't know. I'm not a mind reader. I'm just fucking reading. All right. The ones for us were shot by Neil Pruitt where they were shot. I don't know. Mr. James wants to know, can you say, uh, like master P and do you consider the Wolfpack theme? One of WCW's best themes. Ah, it was certainly catchy, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I liked it. Back when Tony first broke in in 83, this comes to us from Chris. Was there anyone that he hated to be around or interview? Yeah. Did not like Jay Youngblood. Really? Yeah. Jay Youngblood was not everybody in everybody in that, what I call in the back there, everybody was very receptive to me. And I understand I, they just threw me in there one day unannounced and was very nice to me. Jay Youngblood was the only guy who was like just an asshole to me. Can't explain it. Never explained it. Never could explain it. So, um, this is kind of a fun question. This comes from Joseph. What's the coolest piece of memorabilia you have from WCW and from the Braves? Well, I've got a Tipper Jones autographed baseball. I got a John Smoltz autographed baseball, uh, hall of fame baseball. I guess when Chipper gets in the hall of fame, I'll have to redo that. Uh, I've got, uh, I don't think I have anything left from WCW. Lois really gets on my ass about that. That she said, you know, now with nostalgia being big, you should have held on to that stuff. And a lot of stuff I dumped. I mean, there's a lot of stuff ended up in goodwill, a lot of shirts, um, a lot of t-shirts, things like that. I think Lois still may have some stuff. She may have kept some stuff, but, uh, buddy wants to know who played RoboCop. It was a, uh, it was a guy that the studio brought in stunt man. David wants that to knew, know that knew how to do the, the uniform, you know, David wants to know what was the worst gimmick in WCW y'all for crying out loud. It was a Yeti Yeti the worst ever. Uh, Brad wants to know any memories of Jason jet. <laughs> no, I, I, we did a, we did uh didn't we do greed? Yeah. And then when Jason Jett walked out, I remember thinking, who in the hell is this guy? I don't remember him at all. And I apologize. I apologize to that, but I didn't remember Jason Jett at all. Sean wants to know, was there ever any idea about you being a member of the NWO? No. Uh-uh. Dylan Not wants to know, any fun road stories? You haven't shared a lot of traveling stories with us. Uh, I would have to, I would have to sit down and think about that. Um, and of course, a lot of the stories that, that I would, that I should share, I won't share with you because it's, we would probably spread a bad light on some people that I really like. Mark wants to know is rap really crap? Uh, well, I don't get, I don't understand it. Uh, but, uh, I, I do realize that rap to me is probably like what rock and roll was to my parents. So I can't really shit on it that much. Michael, I understand, you know, I understand it. Michael wants to know, is there one baseball card that you've always wanted to own, but never have? Yeah. The Mickey Mantle 1956 tops card. That one. Joey wants to know, did Herb Abrams try to get you to work for the UWF after you left the WWF? No, not, I, I've never talked to him. Joey wants to know, does Lois Shivani's chair sit higher than yours at dinner? Of course not. No one's does. <laughs> uh, fuck, man. Joey wants to know, why didn't you go to North Korea in 95? Why didn't I go to North Korea? Yep. Well, first of all, I wasn't invited. Number two, I wouldn't have wanted to go. And, and I only found out about it after the fact. Uh, Sam wants to know, did you know right away that Sid was hurt? 
Of course, he's talking about the last pay-per-view or yeah, sin. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> I mean, it, his, his leg flipped up the other way in the air. I mean, when it happened immediately, we all knew because it just broke and broke off and moved unnaturally. James wants to know when you moved back to Atlanta, how long did it take for you to, uh, find a house and move? Uh, we, uh, actually, uh, Lois and I went to, uh, came to Atlanta twice while, while I was working with the WWF. And this was after I gave my, uh, after I gave my, uh, notice and we flew down to Atlanta twice and Lois picked out the house. I didn't, it was, it was all her. She based it on schools, uh, and, uh, living, you know, living conditions and, uh, basically schools, the best schools that she could find that were public schools and not private schools. And, uh, and it, it, it took about two trips down here. Last one. As far as you know, is there any WCW memorabilia left in the CNN center? No, there's not. They, they erased us. Delete, delete. Well, uh, we have erased uh, over an hour here on Q&A. We're going to be back next week to talk about the bunkhouse stampede. We're going to be doing it big for you next week right here on Monday on what happened when. But Tony, when I look at my clock, I can't help but think it's about that time. It is about that time, Conrad. And now we are going to the, uh, the Luke Gallows tattoo parlor where Tony Chimani is in a chair and he has flipped over on his front side, and they are going to put a tattoo on his rear end. We know that that Shimani is uh, kind of uh, squeamish about this because back in the 60s, Dr. Shifford used to uh, plow his ass with penicillin, and he would cry like a little bitch. So now he is, uh, uh, I don't, we, we don't understand why he's agreed to put uh, a tattoo on his ass, but now from talking to Luke, uh, on his ass, it seems that they're going to put Conrad can kiss it. And we're out of time. See you next week on What Happened When Monday on the MLW Radio Network. Roll Tide. The Rule.